from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are All My Fantasy Children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Eric Catano Zayas. And my name is Jeff Stora. This is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast for each week. Jeff and I take a listener prompt and create the greatest fantasy story of all time. That's absolutely right. I, I feel um, like I, I wanted a follow up to that. I thought I was going to bring more of that energy. And then like, no. it, like the words came out and I was like, nope, that's it. That's all I got. But I mean, that's what the show is. It's just, it. there's no denying. You don't need a follow-up. It just is the best thing of all time. It is. It absolutely is. You know, so many podcasts jockeying for this position, but they can't get it. Our horse is too fast and the horse is too strong. And the thing is, is the reason that they can't is because they're trying and we just are. We just are We're just the like best. Chill. And therefore, We're just, like... Yeah. We bring ourselves to this podcast, and since you and I are the best, it is just—it's just better. It the is, product's it's, just it's, better. It's magic. It's just—it's—it's ma- it's simply magic. Ah, uh, Jeff, what's getting you excited this week? Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, before I talk about what's getting me excited, we do got to do a check-in. Okay, and that is—we're uh, now at the—we're now at the Majin Buu saga. Oh, baby, it's my favorite. <laughs> Um, I've now formally met Majin Buu for the first time in my life. Is he, uh, wait, where are you? Um, he... Before we go further. <laughs> so, uh, Krillin and Piccolo have just been turned out of statues into real, into people again. Okay. That person and, named Deborah, right? Deborah, uh, but it's like Deborah's Deborah. dead. Yeah, Deborah's, <laughs> okay. De- Deborah's dead. Uh, he was turned into a cookie and eaten. Yep. And I think, uh, Vegeta is just about to be murdered. Vegeta, uh, what's the status of Vegeta's forehead right now? Uh, he still has DM on his forehead, <laughs> okay, okay. but he's, he, he just delivered, I think, so he just, he had, he had a few episodes ago delivered what was the funniest monologue in DBZ history. Yes. Which was him going, I, I realized I loved my family and I needed to fix that. Yeah, like, so that's I what was, like, evil. keeping... My my power level's low because, like, I was feeding my son at night. And, like, I tucked him in, and every time I did that, my power level decreased. And I realized, and so I let myself get mind-controlled by the villain. Yep. Which is now the second funniest DBZ monologue of all time. Because Vegeta, while, like, fighting Majin Buu, was just like, Well, Kakarot gave his life for the good of everyone. And so I need everyone to know that I'm at least as good and powerful as Kakarot. Yep. So I'm going to give my life. Yeah. And then they're like, all going to see that I am just as good. I straight up thought that marrying Bulma <laughs> and like having a kid would make me stronger. Didn't work. Time to sacrifice it all to a goblin named Bobbity. <laughs> it's the funniest. Like the fact that he, he literally went, well, I have to one up Kakarot and Kakarot died. So I have to die. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a beautiful story. It really is. <laughs> it's uh and then How also, are you liking it? Oh my god, I love it. Oh my god, Good. it's the it's the fucking best. Gohan oh, also, going to at the tournament. Great. How, how cool. Incre- Meant I mean, nothing though. <laughs> I love the DBZ tournaments. They're the best. But They're also, good. Vegeta also has the third best monologue in DBZ history. Where Goku, as a joke, tells his friends, <laughs> I just ate so much food, you better not punch me in the gut. And Vegeta completely seriously goes, 
if I fight Kakarot in the first round, I shall punch him in the gut. <laughs> As if he has just cracked the code. That's the, he has a he has a Capcom crit spot in his tummy. <laughs> Nobody like, ever hits Goku in the tum tum. He's like, I will do this. <laughs> that fool has revealed his weakness to me. Jesus Christ! So. Is that what's is Majin Buu getting you excited this week? Majin Buu is getting me real excited this week. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the Street Fighter card game. That's been getting me real excited. Holy, is it the one we played at Gen Con like four years ago or three uh, years ago? Yes, yes. Holy the, the shit. Exceed card game. I've been playing a ton of it in the last there, week or two. Is Dan in it at last? Dan, well, Dan was in it when I bought it. That's why what? I bought the game. Oh, because remember he wasn't when we when we demoed it. Oh no, that was a different Street Fighter game. Holy, that shit. was a different Street Fighter game. Uh, I played a different, so the story is, I, is we played that game, it didn't have Dan in it, and I, I, I asked the person, does this have Dan? They said no, and I walked away with no further words. Yeah, you were like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna keep walking the floor, and I had to play another fucking round of this game with, God bless the game testers, but, like, you're barking up the wrong tree trying to sell me a game. So then, the next PAX Unplugged, I, I saw a different company selling a Street Fighter card game. I did the same thing. I walked up, I was like, I'm gonna ask you a question, and it will determine whether or not I buy your game. And he was like, I don't care. <laughs> well, he looked at me. Well, and it's funny because he's like, yeah, sure. What do you want to know? And I'm like, does this game have Dan in it? And he looks me in the eyes and he goes, yeah, did you actually want to play the Dan deck? We have it here. It's I have to explain how it works because it's a little bit funny. And I was like, yeah, OK, let me get my credit card. I'm, I, yeah. have, I have to buy that. You, you called my bluff and I have to buy your game. One of those can't stop crying tweets <laughs> immediately shot out of your phone. It's just like, oh no, you win! You you, you went, you knew this was going to happen, and you win. You so got I, me. So I bought the game, and I love it. I love the Street Fighter. It's Street Fighter Exceed is the name of the game, and it's dope. That's a, that's I a love good name. It. I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, we just bought. So there were three boxes that you could buy. Each of them has four decks of like a twelve fighter set. We bought one of the boxes at Pax Unplugged twenty eighteen. And then we just bought the other two boxes, and so we've been playing with all 12 of the Street Fighters. Uh, it's been great. I love it. I, I enjoy yes. this game. It's That's what's been getting me excited is just like, I love this game. Love it. I love it a lot. It's 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 very cool. All the fighters feel really different. Like, the way all they, the way they play is all, like, very unique. Like, Vega is built so that you all, you have to always be, like, jumping off of a wall. Yes. Whereas, whereas Dan is built around Wild, like, Wild Strikes, which is basically Yu-Gi-Oh! Heart of the Cards. I take the top card of the deck and put it face down and play it. Oh, shit. It's very fun. So Dan comes with a dueling deck. Yeah, Dan comes with a dueling deck, and the whole premise is, like, I, it's like, I have no cards in my hand, and I'm just taking the top card off the deck. Surprise, I love it. it's a super move. <laughs> anyway, what's getting you excited this week? So I have, it has begun. Last night I started Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, okay. And yes, it is like the most important thing in my existence. Uh, Final Fantasy is my everything. And I'm really enjoying it. And I can take no critique. Siri, I don't, if I ever see a critique of someone, whatever they think, good or bad, I don't care. So I don't want to hear anybody's opinions on it because I'm loving it. I think it's wonderful and magical. I'm playing with the Japanese voice actors and I'm fucking having a ball it is lovely yep that's pretty much it how long you've been waiting for this oh seven years i cried in 2013 when e3 announced it i cried i was in grad school and i cried at my desk but also 23 years <laughs> like i was to dream as a kid god ah, it's real 
And it's really and it's really good is the thing. The game is good, and that's what shocked me is like how I was like, oh, even if this wasn't Final Fantasy VII, it's bomb. So like it's not just fan service. Like new players of Final Fantasy VII will enjoy it and get the good those good 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 feels. Yeah, it's super pretty, super good. Yeah, I I I love it. Good. Yeah, I suggest if you don't plan on playing it, watch a Let's Play or something of someone who doesn't talk during it because it's a blast. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to follow your journey through it, just because uh, I think it's, it's really like I, again, this is how I experienced the original Final Fantasy VII is being friends with people that lived and breathed it, and so I went. I'm like, you guys have fun. You've never really, played it at all. I played, I played it. I what like I played it. My brothers and I all had it. They played it a lot more than I did, but I played yeah. a little bit. Like I probably, I don't think I ever finished it. Okay. I know I watched them finish it, but I okay. don't think I ever finished it. I don't think gotcha. I got that far. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I played it a little bit and then just kind of, like, handed off the controller. It was like, you guys have fun. <laughs> Man, I can respect it. That's the, uh, gosh. Yeah, I've had to try to discipline myself today where I'm standing up, I'm stretching, I'm exercising because I know me and I'm I'm trying to savor it. I'm making this cake last a little longer, especially because it's only part one and I'm not even going to, like, fight Sephiroth. So, like, I'm just stretching it out. You know, and making it feel good. It's it's wonderful. I feel amazing. I'm I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Well, you want to get this thing started? Yeah, speaking let's get this of, thing started. Speaking of being braver and cross lashing in Midgar, let's. <laughs> our prompt this week, Jeff, has a ton to do with uh, steampunk, high fantasy. It's uh, it's, it's very legend. It's very it's a, it's it's real legendary. Um, the so so I gave our listeners a challenge because. Uh, the, the backstory that I will give is that, like, Aaron and I were planning a trip with some friends, and we were going to stay at a place uh, that had a, this amazing statue. Like, we saw it in the, like, rental uh, pictures. Yup. Uh, and <laughs> I, so we, we were just literally flipping through it as we were planning this trip that kind of fell through, uh, like, it got rescheduled, and so we had to change, like, locations. Uh, we found this. It had this incredible statue, and I can only describe it as what appeared to be a six-and-a-half-foot statue of a cow wearing a dress vest holding a chalkboard menu. Yet with a chef, it's like a like a <laughs> chef cow, but it's standing like it's bipedal, but it also is still has the, like, almost kind of if you turned a cow, like a real one, and sat it, like, had it stand... So it's like udders are on the floor. Yeah. And like, it's very, we'll share it again on Friday, but yeah. dear God, it's, it's incredible. A, it's cursed and amazing. It's, it's a piece of art. So I asked our, our lovely junior wizards to give us a prompt. Tell us the story of this, of this cow. And then we would, we would break down, uh, like the story behind them. So our prompt this week comes from Joss Hex chosen on Twitter. Uh, Joss writes, I'm sorry, are you not familiar with the famous lectures of one Dr. Bert Camus? He's one of the brightest and kindest tutors, uh, tutors at the Chamber Arcanum. He can help with just about any kind of theoretical study needed, but he's a little rusty when it comes to practicum. Okay, so the shortest refresher, because we also have something else to introduce, is the Chamber Arcanum is our shows, our world's like magic school. Uh, it's in Dragon, and there's professors. We only know about Gen Astral being the headmaster and archmage, but we're about to get it. We're about to learn about a little professor at our magic school. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, um, there's so one world building detail. So we'll get to the world building detail I want to throw out, but also we have another thing 
to throw into this episode because we're doing a lot. I'm ready. Is uh, a, a just published literally like three days ago um, piece of character creation, uh, a character creation resource published by Fen Slattery. Uh, we are going to be using 137 questions for character creation, a resource for the rest of us. Yup. It is a list of 137 <laughs> questions for character creation. Yep. <laughs> Pulled from Jonathan Frakes Beyond Belief videos, My Brother, My Brother and Me episodes, R Ask Reddit, for a pro- and I quote, approximately four lists of best truth or dare questions, Yahoo Answers, and Quora. I'm about so, it. So the one world building detail I want to throw out. Okay. Is I was reading over the prompt and the word tutor hit me really hard. Oh. And I thought about it. Like, to me, that says that he is not a, like, a, a professor or that he is not, oh. like, employed by, he is not, like, employed by the Chamber Arcanum, which gave me a very interesting idea. Yeah. What if, like, there are a lot of freelancers, like, involved, for lack of a better way to put it, freelancers, or, like, uh... Like, guest knights. professors, you know? Yeah, like, people who are magically skilled, like, you're just kind of called upon, right? Like, like they teach master classes, basically. Yeah, it's like, I'm coming, it's like, you know, the great wizards from around the world, like, they all have some history with Chamber Arcanum, so it's this idea of, like, or, and, and perhaps it is even more, like, an even more personalized master class experience, where Ooh. it is, um... Gen Astral go, like, Gen Astral is like, okay, so I have this student with this incredible power. I, I, I know who I have to speak to. Like, I've seen this before. Let me go speak to this person that knows and, like, has practiced this so they can give them the guidance that they need. So there are tutors, there are tutors all over the world. And it is this idea of, like, when, 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 when Gen needs you, Jen finds you and, and like you are brought into the chamber arcanum to be like, look, this student needs, needs guidance with this particular magical ability. I trust I love that it. you can do this. I really like that, that it's, it's kind of like Xavier school for young people and everyone gets a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, based on what their needs are, their personality, their, their abilities and things like that. And Jen finds you and is like, Hey, I got somebody who like really needs help or like could really use your guidance because I know you had this life experience or you have this problem and you solved it. So let's pair you up. And uh, this, uh, this cow, Dr. What Bert Camus Bert is Camus. Bert Camus is, uh, you know, this cow person is a tutor for someone. Yes. I'm about it. Do you want to pick the first question so we can learn a little about Bert? I do. I do because I was looking at, the, the the questions in 137 questions are broken up into, like, categories. Yeah. And I was flipping around, and I landed on the, the not mundane. Oh, I'm so, looking there, too, right now, actually. The the question that jumped out to me, and I'm going to ask this, uh, where, where it says you, we'll probably rephrase this to... Uh, to Bert! Yeah, to Bert. Um, can Bert grow a rose with the waters of his tears? Wow. Uh... Okay. Um, meaning, like, we can also we can interpret it any way we want. But yeah. like, does Bert have? A, does Bert cry a lot? Is Bert sensitive? Is Bert sensitive? And also, does he have like growth powers, like nature magic? Yeah. Or 
I would like to change. I would like to say healing magic. Okay, I can go with healing and magic. Like restorative and like you know you can make a rose. I like to think it's kind of like uh, the if the rose in Beauty and the Beast was already destroyed, mm-hmm. um, Bert Camus can bring it back. Bert's a healer. I like that. Yeah, I like that. You know. So yes, uh, you could grow. He could grow a rose with the waters of his tears because he is a specialist in what. He is a specialist in, um, I'm going to call it like channeling healing. Like, like he heals, it is, it is his, his magic is very like contact based. Mm. It is very like touch and feel and, you know, tears and breath. It is very like physical. It is very, he, he does not have like range. Like he can't do something half the world over. It's all but like he, lay on hands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's got a lot of lay on hands and like he's very like if he can if he can lay on hands, he can bring something back to life. He can restore things, repair things. It is very growth and healing and like that sort of thing. I see him as like a really motivational, like kind of kind of like I see my initial thought is somebody with like a whistle and some shorts and like high socks, you know, who is mm-hmm. like, all right, like almost like a PE teacher in this way mm-hmm. where, uh, where like they can like their, um, what's the healing word, things like yeah. that kind of thing where their words of encouragement can heal you. And like that pat on the back, you're immediately like, whoa, holy wow. Or like they shake your hand to meet you and everything. Like you feel incredible, you know, all pain is washed away. Is it, that kind of feel. I like not, that. Obviously, they're not a PE teacher, but like that's kind of the the vibe I get from Bert Camus. Is be- wait, what was the prompt again? Let's go back. To um, that. he's very he's very skilled in theory, not so much in practicum. Okay, so I like this idea that like he, because it, it's along the same lines of like a traditional uh, all my fantasy children cleric of like I'm channeling your emotions, I'm power, I'm powering myself through you. But I think it is mostly, like, he. Un- I think he has a greater understanding of, like, how that works. Okay. So he's like, I understand how I can heal you. I understand how I can channel, how, like, we can sort of merge our emotional states and both become greater. But, like, his actual, like, impact of it is limited to, like, I can resuscitate your wounds. I can lay on hands. I think it's stuff like that. I have Does a that pitch make sense? for what, yes, because what you just described, if Timber Arcanum is a magic school... Jeff, Bert Camus is a guidance counselor. Mm, I like that. That's very good. Because it's, you know, it's, I'm reading, and it's like, any, just can help with just about any kind of study needed. But just yeah. a little rusty when it comes to practicum. Like, you're not going to bring Bert Camus to be your healer in, like, a major mission to fight a demon. But when your students need help and guidance in a wide array of things, perhaps... This is my pitch. Perhaps Bert Camus is in charge of finding other mentors. I like that. Because they can help with any study. They can be like, you know, one of my students keeps burning their hands, trying to channel fire and channel heat from the sun. I know that you are a master of solar arts. Like, and let me pair you guys up. Let me work something out. Like, it's that kind of pairing and finding mentors for other people. Yeah, I love that. I love that he is the person that, like, physically goes out and, like, shows up at your doorstep and is like, I need your help. And it kind of, so like what you were saying, what really kind of goes, brings me back to the question of can you grow a rose with the waters of your tears? Is it, it, it and, and tying into that idea of a, of a, of a very all my fantasy children-esque cleric wizard type situation is this idea of someone that can, you know, channel your emotions fig and, and in doing so, like 
helps kind of, you know, it, it is the ultimate guidance counselor, right? It is the yeah. ultimate, like, I can find, you know, I can help you find your passions, the things that you want to be doing. We can work together. I can make you stronger. And like, it's, it's that shared emotional vulnerability space of like, of like his specialty is, it's not real practical magic, right? Like he can lay on hands. And if you, if you, you know, if you bust up your knee, he can like lay on hands and heal it up. But like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But he can sit down with you and like enter into this emotional sort of mind meldy state and be like, this is what you're passionate. Like, the, and, and is the ultimate, like, this is what you're passionate about. Like, this is, this is, this is what, like, and, and then from there is like, and I know who can help you with this. I dig it because you also said like there's a bit of cleric in here. All my fantasy children cleric. And I think it's not so much like I can't, I can heal you a little and I can't like do this, but my words will empower you, but I can't empower myself. Yeah. You know, like my, after you leave my office and we have a really big life chat and we both cry together and like, you know, cause I'm so proud of you. You're going to leave with like a shield that can like, you know, protect you from damage for three days. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's kind of like getting a lollipop after having like a really nice meeting with someone or like getting a treat. You know, I kind of think it's like that where it's like you leave and you get like a temporary buff, you know, that lasts for a couple days. Yep. <laughs> I dig it. Um, okay. Let me find just flip, one. Flip through and grab one. Um I got one. Okay. Uh what is one thing Bert will never ever do? Oh wow. This is uh, from the, the future section of the book. Something Bert will never do. I think it's kind of like share uh like they pair them up, but I think the confidentiality like what is shared between the students and Bert is not even shared with the mentors. Mm. Like they get paired up. And it's like, you know, they, they tell them, like, you know, I have a perfect tutor for you. I have a perfect student for you. But don't go into details about the stuff that the students confide in Bert. Yeah, right. And I think, like, part of that is probably intentional of, like, look, I, you know, I want you to go in and I want you to meet this person. I don't want you to go in thinking they're a case. I want you to go in yes. thinking they're a person. I want you to get to know them. Yes, it's not like a something is broken, you need to fix it. It's like both of you will benefit from this yeah. because it would then make more compassionate, powerful, like, you know, mentors as well. They would learn a ton from these like kids or these young people or these old people, whoever is in the school from these students. You know, there's always a lot to learn from mentor and mentee. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of it where it's like, I have someone for you. You know, can you come to the Chamber Arcanum? I have a, what are they called? What's the, what's the cool, cute wizard relationship, you know, mentor called? Um, Is it Junior Wizard? (laughs) No, it can't be. No. No. It is called, um, let's go with Adept. I always like Adept as a term. Oh, that's really, it has that nice mage vibe to it, which I really like. So it's like, I think I have a really great Adept for you. You know, I think... I think it'd be great. And, you know, it's just this lovely relationship. So I think, yes, that's what Bert never tells mm-hmm. is. And I think it's the same way where the student, the adept comes to Bert and Bert is like, hey, I have a mentor for you. I have, you know, I have someone. Who are they? What do they do? You, you know, uh, you'll have to meet them and find out. I like And it. sometimes they don't have the same skills. It's kind of, you know, it's other things and it makes them great partners. I like it. Um, just a fun one. Do you know, does Bert know how to swim from the physical self? You know, I saw that question and I actually kind of have an answer, which is, um, I'm going to say no. And not oh. just because Jeff Stormer does not know how to swim. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I don't know how to swim. Uh, part, I think it's just that, like, he is not, for someone that travels the world, he is not a rough and tumble sort. 
Mm. It's that, you know, he is, he just isn't that person, right? Like he is not, he is not, he's not walking the earth. He's not like doing these things. He's like, no, I, I, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to do that. He is very much, you know, (laughs) I said that and then realized he is very much the opposite of like the all my fantasy children trope. Yeah. Of the the person that lives on the road and, and it's like, you know, oh, I, I dream of obtaining this. So I want more and I want treasure and I want fame. It's like, no, they're just they're content. He, he, he doesn't live. He doesn't live. He's not. A, he's not he doesn't travel. He doesn't like he goes a place. You know, he teleports to a place using the magic of the Chamber Arcanum, makes the deal, does his job and then like goes home. And he's like, no, I, I'm going to go home. I, have, I really like I have that. lasagna in in the fridge. I'm going to like reheat it. It's going to be great. Okay, this makes me think that Bert is uh, like a homebody. It's not like a, th- a life of adventure. When he goes home, his home, though, like his office is, I think, very quaint. It's like I a think cute, so. like, hang in there, baby poster type thing, whatever the I, fantasy version of that. I, yeah, I also, I don't see it as, um, oh gosh, what's the name? What was the name of our 100th episode, real quick? Oh, no, Patches Malone. No, very yeah, much not that. I don't see it as a Patches Malone where it's like a homebody homebody where there's like decorations and stuff. I see it as like no. a very simple life. Yeah. But I think it's a very like contented life, right? I think he's just like, you know, I go home, I read a book, I, you know, I I, I watch an episode of Mind Over Matter and then I go to bed. Like, I, I think I see him as very like fulfilled by what he does. Yeah. Kind of like if you were to talk to him, you might like you might outside of work, you might find him boring until he starts talking about work. And then you're like, oh, OK. And he's just like, yeah, I just really like what I do. You know, and he's like, I, I, hobbies. I don't know. I like stamp collecting. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see this as what in, you know, by the fantasy standard is like, oh, exciting. This he's he's by the D&D. Like, you know, how much magic power do you have? Like, he's boring in the level. You know what I mean? At the end, He's not an all powerful wizard. He's just a normal person who's like, what? I, I'm clocked yeah, out. Yeah. Why I am I going to go? I can't go into a dungeon. And it's also like, you know, I know I'm not going to. These kids need me. They also know the value of their work. There's a lot of danger in fantasy. And yeah. if you have any semblance of power, this is something I think about a lot. Because if you're in a fantasy setting, there's danger abound. You know, it's that Spider-Man thing. It's like with great power comes a great responsibility. I got to go out there. If everyone had a modicum of power and it was a matter of developing it choosing to invest in other people and not yourself and your own strength is such a cool thing to me in a fantasy setting oh, yeah. someone's like no i i, can't, I you can't just keep train like you know not everybody can be a superhero some people have to raise the conjures some people have to help make conjure conjure didn't get to be conjure just on her own there were a lot of people to help Aaron, can I talk to you about, uh, not Dungeons and Dragons, can I talk to you about Dragon Ball Z for a second? Fuck, (laughs) there's gotta be Krillin's. (laughs) No, no, actually not Krillin, like, well, a little bit Krillin, but like, in the arc, the the current, the Majin Buu saga, there's a great little moment that I really laughed at that, like, is actually really nice, where, like, they're flying to the World Martial Arts Tournament, and somebody asks Yamcha, and they're like, Yamcha, are you entering? And he's like... No, why would I, uh, why would I do that? I would just embarrass, and and, like, I think there's a level of, like, yeah, why, why, like, I, like, why would I, why would I, why would I do that? And, like, it, it's this very, like, oddly, ma- like, self-aware and mature moment for the world of Dragon Ball Z, but I think that's very much Burt Camus is like, no, why would I, it's like, are you gonna go, are you gonna go explore the, the Quasar Keep? And he's like, no. God, no. No, no I, no, I, I hopefully one day will know, like, and it's like, no, I have people who will, like, 
I know that there's a uh, there's that straw man somewhere down there doing that job <laughs> for me. I don't have to like it's it's very much like I no, I I'm going to take care of the people that I can take care of. Doing more than that is just going to put me in danger and I make me it. less make make my contributions less valuable. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like this with an educator, someone who like like uh, Mrs. Chait in high school. Mrs. Chait like tracks people's accomplishments and is like, you know, doesn't check in like, oh, my God, I saw that you graduated college, Aaron, like, good job. But if you see them, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I still have that paper you wrote that made me laugh. I keep everything in like a binder that like, and it really reminds me that like, I'm doing good work, because I'm inspiring others who go out and do amazing things. I I imagine in this, in his house, there is a trunk. And inside of it is like, newspaper articles you know artifacts and stuff but they were they're all from students that are like hey thanks to you i finished the chamber arcanum like hey thanks to you i beat arcana dim day's ass like banish yeah. the demon lord ha like there's all this stuff and that's what brings them joy not conquering the greatest obstacle it's empowering others to lift that boulder you know and it, it he he keeps the door open so everyone can else can walk through you know he holds yeah. the door yeah I am obsessed. Um, do you have one? I do. Tying into the the home life, does he have a pet? Yes, 100%. I imagine that he has a koi pond in the backyard. I like that. Just like a really, and it's very, this is something I want personally. I don't know if I want fish in it, but I want a very manicured like pond in my backyard one day. Like a, a body of water, whether or not I have a creek or something, but like I wanted to, like I would want to plant like raspberry bushes near it. And I think... It's this beautiful, like, he has a very humble backyard, like a little area. But if you see it, you're like, holy shit, you really care about this. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got to keep it nice. Yeah, you got it. You got to. I think, again, it's very humble. He's a very humble guy. He's a very, like, he's just very chill. And I, I like that. Yeah, it's it's ordinary, for lack of a better term, in a fantasy setting. Like, has a job, has a private life, goes out to eat, you know, grabs a bite with a friend or two. How many friends does he have? This isn't a question. I just have one. I'd have a question for you. Um, uh, he has a decent, so he has a decent number. I wouldn't, I don't think he has, I don't think he has a lot of like close friends and I think he's fine with that. Yeah. But he has like his crew, like he has, like he'll, he'll go to a bar. He's got his bar friends. Like he's got his, he's got his teachers at the school, his, his former mentors. Like he's got people that he like hangs out with, but I think it's all, he, he'll, he'll very much, he's a little bit of just like, I show up, I hang out for a while. I head home, you know, living good. He is that regular at every bar, coffee oh, yeah. shop, restaurant. They're like, oh, my God, Burt Camus. And he's like, hello, you know, and tips like 50%. Everyone's like, oh, I love that guy. Burt is so nice. It's exactly what you were saying. Like, he'll show up and he'll he'll be in the restaurant and he'll talk to the waiter and be like, so how did how did swimming lessons go? Did they go OK? I know you were worried about it. And then you'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talk all the time. I'm, I'm here like every Tuesday. It's Quizzo. I am obsessed. I love it. He loves Quizzo. Who doesn't? <laughs> I got, I mean, I, I miss it, Aaron. I miss Quizzo. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I have one for you. That What is the most heroic thing you have ever done? Um, The most heroic thing uh, Bert has ever done. Was he always a teacher is the question. My question for you. Like, you know, um, what, who was he before he worked at the Chamber Arcanum. How did he even get to fight? Like, I think that's a good question for this character, because it's like this chill life he set up 
What was it like before he had the pond, the job, the house, you know? So he definitely like overachieved in all of his classes. He was doing magic that I think was a little bit like reckless. Like he was that person. Like you said, he was a tryhard. He was thirsty on Twitter, just going a little too hard to the point where like it was off putting a little bit. But I think there's definitely like a moment. I don't know what it is, but there's like a moment of hubris where like he stepped up. He couldn't do it, but then he went and found someone that could. Yeah, they stepped up. They saved the day, and he to the to this day is like, well, that was the moment that I realized like I wanted to make other people great. I wanted to like help them do what they do best. So I have a thing, okay. and it's uh, you say like he 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 tried to step in, needed somebody else to like fix it. So be basing what we've been building a lot in this show is like these different spaces in the world you know little little crawl spaces and stuff like that in the conjure episode we said that in the chamber well not in the chamber arcana but i always assume that's where this happened when she was like a magic student uh they were training and like a demon invaded the space knocked the whole class out conjure saved the day I think that is not uncommon that in the Chamber of Canaan, which is a series of rooms and like a series of danger rooms, basically to train students and like, you know, it's puzzle like and it's a little bit dangerous. You know, the the faculty, of course, watches over it. You said they were doing like risky magic. I think that when a demon, I think a demon invading this space is not uncommon. You know, the, the, the danger rooms. Um, And I think I think Bert Camus froze in that moment and like you know the students were battling the students were battling and Bert Camus like couldn't do anything and maybe like tried to cast a spell like nothing came out and like faculty of course had to sweep in and they were like oh I thought I could have I thought I was strong I thought I was somebody you know because it's like fine maybe this was like the first test type mm-hmm. thing you know what i mean their first like their first even battle it might not even been a demon it might have been like they bombed their test yeah. for performance because we said great at studying everything not great at practicum maybe they learned like the first day of school they're like all right let's see what you kids can do you know and they pit him against like a dummy demon they're like yeah i'm a, and they were like go it Bert, it's your turn you're up and they're like i i i can't do eh, eh, and like nothing you know uh healing word um and they're like, help, you gotta do something. Everybody's hurt. Like, you need healing. <laughs> Nothing. And then it was like, from there, it's like, oh, but okay. It, you know, maybe I should just, I don't want it to be, maybe I should just hit the books. But No, but I think like what happens is like, in that moment, I think like he just, he, he like at his lowest, he like, he saw someone else kind of in the same spot. Right? Yes. Like he Like he went and he sat. And, like, somebody else was feeling down, and he talked it through. Like, he talked through how he was feeling, and he was like, this is how I'm feeling. And the other person started kind of, like, I think they started, they started, you know, they they both kind of shared their frustrations. And he was like, but didn't I see you, like, didn't I see you levitating things with your mind, like, like, like right before class? Like, that's an amazing skill. And this person was like, oh, yeah, I just do that for, like, party tricks. And he's like, no, 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 watch this. And he, like, tossed an object to them, and they grabbed it. And, like, that person went on to be, like, an incredible, like, telepathic wizard, world class. And he's like, the most heroic thing I ever did was throw that person a ball because then they realized what they could be. And really, that was it. Like, that was the moment that I realized for the rest of my life that's what I wanted to do. Because that person has gone on to save the world. Like, that person has done amazing things. And all, like, all I had to do was throw a ball at them and they caught it with their mind and the trajectory of their life changed. 
they felt the good feeling of the alley oop, basically. Like you know exactly, that yeah. that feeling of like I set them up, they knocked them down. Like I don't need to de- like to strike the the killing blow all the time. Sometimes you're just a part of it. Well, and and it was him realizing like, oh man, this is an incredible feeling to like give someone this gift and watch them go on. I love it. I love that a lot. Aaron, can I throw out a magical detail? Can I add a magical detail to his trunk, like his trunk of memories? Yeah. It uh, it is a snow globe that like when he shakes it, like uh, it it fills his apartment with all of the little like knickknacks. Then he shakes it again and it all just kind of retreats back into a snow globe. Like all of his letters and news clippings and stuff. He like, it's literally like you'd look and you'd be like, why do you have a random snow globe? And he's like, it's nothing. Oh, I like Burt Camus. I like I the too. idea that, like, you know, because I don't want it to be a humbling. Their childhood was not a humbling experience. Well, it was. It was. It was an educational experience of like sometimes, like you know, sometimes you. There has to be people who are support who lift other people up. It's not always like you know we love writing. Everybody likes writing heroes who like I got this and they put the world on their shoulders. But like that's not realistic. And I think Bert learned that as a kid that it's like it's not realistic for me to just one shot every enemy. Somebody has to, you know, set the groundwork down. Somebody has to lift everybody up so that they can accomplish great things, you know? That mm-hmm. could be me. Yeah. I love this. I like Bert just being chill. Has Bert ever had a job as a waiter? I think yes. I, I just like the idea of him not being like, and then I went out in search of adventures. Yeah. Like, no, I had to fucking make rent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I had to work. I had to go... Or they just, like, you know, wanted to meet more people, and somebody was like, you know, a great way to do that is to get a job, you know. <laughs> Aaron, can I answer a question on here? Fuck yes, you can. What What is Bert's favorite, or Bert, what is Bert's go-to never-fail joke? Bert loves close-up magic. Oh. Bert loves to tell people, like, look, I am the most powerful wizard in the world. Watch. Quarter. You see that? Sitting behind your ear. I saw it, because I have magic. Or he'll be like, yeah, no, watch this, watch this. This is incredible. And, like... It like the other wizards at the school are just kind of like, oh my god, he's pulling out the deck of cards again. He's like, watch this incredible magic power. Pick a card, just any card. Been working on this for months. You see these rings? Yeah. I love that it's just corny. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> it's that's the thing. I think he just loves close up magic. Jeff, why does Bert Camus like to be alive? Bert Camus loves to be alive because like. He gets to, like, he never stops learning. Like, it's one of those mm. things of, like, like he, it's it's that thing of, like, I keep tabs on my students. I keep tabs on the mentors. Like, I keep tabs on all these things. And, like, I never stop seeing new things about the world. Like, I know that, like, he's like, I know that the students that are, that are in my school right now are going to change the world. And that means that a year from now, the world will not be what it was a year ago. And he's like, and I cannot wait. Every single day, I cannot wait to see what the world's going to look like one year from today. I love it. I like this. I want to. Can we roll on tables for him and rap? Yeah, I think we're, so. Yeah. yeah, we're at like forty-four. I think if we roll on a classic table, we'll learn a little bit more about Bert. And then we have this lovely figure who's probably trained like almost all of our characters. Okay, we're gonna go with the sage background. Hey, and I realize we've old I re- fashioned sage. Realize we've rolled on it before, and hopefully this we've wi- rolled this- on this several times. <laughs> hopefully, this wizard turns out less bad than wizards. Great. All right, so we're gonna roll on the sage background from Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition today. Uh, Aaron, More reliable. A- Aaron, do you want to give me a D eight for personality trait? I sure do. Seven. I am horribly, horribly awkward in social situations. I 
I'm about it. It's just a thing. Yeah. It's just part of his life. He's just not great. Like we said, he doesn't have a lot of like friends, friends. He's just like the regular. He's yeah. good at blending. But the one-on-one where like, you know, oh, you and I should go get a beer. He's like, oh, I, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like we can, you know, he's not like, I don't want him to be like running away in fear. No. But he does get nervous at parties. Well, and like this part of it is I don't even, I think it's even less nervous and more just like. You know, his job is intense one-on-one conversations. Yes. Like, that is his life. That is his job, his being, his great passion is, like, intense, personal, bear your feelings to me conversations. I think it's just, like, I think it's his way of unwinding, of being like, I don't want to, like, bring that into my personal life. I, uh, I, I, he I keeps think it light. Just, yeah, he, he keeps, keeps everything it light. light. It's, he's very much just, like, I go to, I go to the bar. I have a drink with my friends. I go home and and I'm fine. And like, he's like, I'm the happiest I've ever been doing that. Like, I don't, I get what I need from my job and I get what I need from my friends and I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to sit down and have a life chat with you. Like, you know, I need to decompress just like everybody else. And so, you know, quick with a joke. Like, oh, let me buy you a drink. Let's listen to some music. Oh, did you see, you know, the new movie coming out? Like that kind of stuff. But anytime that they're like, oh, so tell me about like what it used to be like as a wizard. Like, ah, come on. How about we just order some nachos? And he's like, he's like, here's, he's like, oh, you got me. I got to talk about my history as a wizard. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the story about, hold on a second. Set behind your ear. Oh, hey, there it is. Uh, I feel sick. (laughs) I need to, all these handkerchiefs start coming out of his mouth. <laughs> quick to dismiss any kind of like we can't even figure out if he has a dark backstory or like a dark moment because every time i'm thinking about it i just keep thinking of a cow doing a magic trick this guy's powerful it's incredibly powerful <laughs> this guy's powerful they're just pulling out it's all, all handkerchiefs it's endless handkerchiefs like the more the more you press he just keeps pulling them out like it'll be hours you're like no 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 <laughs> tell more, me like, do you ever more go aggressive to- did you ever go to the geode like adventure layer? But the cow tongue. <laughs> uh, Aaron, give me a D6 for a bond. Dog D6. Go. That is a five. Some kind of. Oh, it's a beagle. Uh, I've been searching my whole life for the answer to a certain question. Hmm. I think it's I, I honestly, if I may go deep, it's where how do I fit in this adventure world? Like, you know, where do I fit? Like, you know, he's still always searching. You said he's always more to learn. And I think, like, he knows that what what you want and who you are when you're this age changes. And right now, even as he's, like, totally content, maybe he's like, you know, maybe where I fit in this world might change and evolve again. You know, maybe. He's only, like, well, you know, the equivalent to what? Like, a maybe, like, 45, 50? Now, can I throw out the other question that he has spent his life hunting for? Yes. Can spiders have fun? Fuck <laughs> He does not like spiders. He's afraid of spiders. Oh, oh, oh. Here's, here's the question. Here's the other question. When's the best time to have a root beer float? <gasps> oh, that's the question he can't search. He's always searching I, for. I love it. I love that it's it's where do I belong? Where do I fit in? But like sometimes if you'll just catch him, like you'll catch him at times, like having like the adventurer look where he's deep in thought and he's got two fingers in front of his nose and he's just thinking and you're like, oh man, he's about to embark on a journey. And in his head, he's just like, but if you have it after dinner, it's too heavy. The ice cream, like the ice cream and the sugar. And plus, if it's caffeinated root beer, you're going to be up all night. 
this is my sorry (laughs) this is my pitch for the root beer float and bert every bar restaurant service establishment he asks for a fucking root beer float and it's his icebreaker to the serve and if you say yeah like every he's used to everybody being like no we don't have those ingredients but he always goes yeah one day you're gonna have them and i'm gonna be so excited (laughs) one day one day one day Hey, what can I get you? It's like a dive bar. Hey, can I get a root beer float? What? Man, we don't have any of those things. What? I'm just kidding. I'll have my usual. But you ever think about buying vanilla ice cream and root beer? Oh, oh, just it's say never it. a bad time. It's not never. difficult. It's not difficult. <laughs> just got to slap them together. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it a lot. I love it. He reminds me of like when you're a kid the and you ride the bus, like the jolly bus driver or yep. like the jolly Uber driver who's like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, oh my God, this guy's so fucking nice. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these questions, there is one on his desk every day when you walk in, when he knows he has an appointment, there's a folded up note card on your end and you open it up and it'll be like, you know, uh, not, <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong section. It'll be like, how much beer is a dog supposed to drink? <laughs> and you're like, what? Like the student, it's his, I, he's really good at icebreakers. Yeah. I think I get from that. Where like these questions, perhaps he cycles through them himself. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Mr. Camus, I'm here for my meeting. Uh, hold on. You got to address some pressing business first. What? Oh, how do you politely turn down someone who wants to grab a coffee sometime? <laughs> and then they chat about that. And it's like, all right, so what's your problem? Is it illegal to kill an ant? And you're just like, what? 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 <laughs> Whoa, fuck. I came in. No, I mean, I, I guess I've never really thought about it. And they cannot start until you give it an answer. Can I tell you the longest five minutes he's ever experienced? Yes, please. Uh, he was at a diner one time. Uh, this is a this is a story that happened to Bert Camus. This did not happen to me. I want that noted. Yeah. Um, he was at a diner one time and he asked for a root beer float. And they said, no. And he looked at the menu and it had root beer float on. He's like, I, it, it's on the menu. And they're like, we don't have those ingredients. And he's like, uh, I just, I ordered a root beer. And uh, I, I see that you, I see you, you've served the first table next to me ice cream. Could you, could you just make that? Can you put those two <laughs> ingredients together? And they're, like, um, and, and they're like, I can try, but I can't make it. And then they can bring out a root beer float. And we're like, yeah, we guess, but. Did you do that? One time at a diner in South Jersey, uh, they, they had just opened and like it had root beer float on the menu. And I was like, I'd love a root beer float. And they're like, I don't think we can make a root beer float. And I was like, I actually got a root beer like just to drink. <laughs> can you throw, can I pay you for a scoop of vanilla iced cream, please? And and, and, and I remember the waitress said, I'll talk to the, I'll talk to the chef, but I don't think we can make a root beer float. Like you gotta <laughs> talk to the chef. So let me tell you, people ask a lot of stupid questions about can you make this because I know you have that. That is so not a stupid question. Like that's not bad at all. But I've had motherfuckers be like, hey, can like I know you guys have eggs back there. Can you just like do a fried egg over that dish? And I'm like, oh, yeah. N- no, we will not and do that. That's like, yeah, that is, com- that is, I think, completely understandable. I think it is bad. It is, it, it was just this moment of like, but A, you have it on the menu as root beer float. And B, I know you have both of these ingredients. That was the long, <laughs> I love that that's the longest five minutes of his life was being like, well, can you make it? I, I mean, I can check. And then that's my wait, birthday. <laughs> that anticipation from the server coming from the kitchen back to the table was the longest fight. He's like dripping with sweat. Like, oh my He's God. Like, it really oh my God, they're they're going to kick me out. I, or, I, I pushed too hard. <laughs> I thought of it as, 
Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> fucking excited that root beer float's gonna wet my fucking whistle. Oh my god. <laughs> they brought out a root beer float and his back of his mind he's like, This is the greatest day of my life. I've had a lot of great days in my life. I've really seen a lot of heroes rise, but nothing tasted sweeter than that root beer fucking float. <laughs> I did it. Uh, uh, what's what's next on the D and D? Where are we? Bond? Are we bond? Uh, that was that was the bond. Oh, he's searching his whole. Life oh, for yeah, a that's right. That's right. Uh, what's it? Give give me a flaw. That's a three. A German Shepherd. No, no, no. Hold on. This is a prompt from our good friend Joss. So let me go ahead and find a. Ooh, time to go wholesome. So uh, for our flaw, we're gonna roll on Joss's wholesome supplemental character generation table. We're not gonna explain why. You can kind of guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eric, give me a D6 for a flaw. Let's go. Three German Shepherds. I have a trouble knowing my own limits. I still think that part of him, just a little part of him is like, I wonder if I could be a better healer. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Like, we all have that thing of like, you know, like, I think about it all the time where um, I like to, like, I have a lot of, like, uh, interests and stuff. But, like, I like cooking. Like, for example, if I'm grilling or something and I really nail, like, a steak, I'll be like, wonder if I could have been a chef in a different life. I just think he likes to play that game of being, I do. like... I think he thinks think, think he does that. Like, I wonder if I could have been, like, an adventuring party healer. I wonder what I would have been like. Like, would I dress in, like, would I dress the part? Would I wear, wear plate mail? Like, I wonder what I'd be like. And, like, and I think he oftentimes, he's open about this with his students. About yeah. being like, you know... I oftentimes wonder if I had channeled my healing magic into like, you know, offensive, like, you know, what would, what would I be like? You know, when kids doubt themselves or when students doubt themselves, he oftentimes like says like, oh no, I have that question as well. Where like, I, I kind of question my abilities and wonder how far I can push them. And if I'm pushing myself enough and then I find that my, no, my life is full of joy and, you know, I can push myself in other ways that aren't my magical power and my limitations. And I think tying it into the previous question, I think he does a lot of, like, I think he does a lot of, like, you know, when you're of that age, right? Like, I know when I was 19, like, I I was certain, I was like, well, I don't know what, I have no idea. Like, I don't know where I fit in. I, don't, I know what I want to be and what I want to do. And he's like, I've been out of school for 20 years. He's like, I found my dream job, but I still wonder where the hell I belong. He's like, yes. I don't know. I don't know. I know I love what I do. I know I'm helping people. I know that I, I've, I've made, I know I've made an impact, but like, if you think that if any, any, I think it's one of those moments where like, he kind of drops the sort of jocular, like friendly facade. And he's like, look, if you think that you're ever going to stop wondering, is this where I belong? And is this, is this where I'm meant to be? Like, I still wonder if I should have gone to cooking school. He's like, Mm. I still, I still ask these questions. I still, I still don't know where I belong. And I feel pretty comfortable that I belong here. And he's like, that sounds contradictory, but I promise you, like, you'll you'll look back and you'll understand. You might not get it right now, but you'll get it one day. And like, and he's like, you just have to know that, like, you just got to find where you're find, like, what makes you happy right now. Yeah. Know that that answer might change in five years and, and do your best to belong right now because... You know, you, you'll never find where you're supposed to be forever. Yeah, I think he's very open about, like, there's still time if I wanted to be a powerful wizard. Like, if something's not making you happy, 
you're allowed to pivot. You're mm-hmm. allowed to find something that does. Right now, I'm very happy where I am, student. But at any time, Mr. Camus could become like a flame-wielding sorcerer if that made me happy. So if something's not making like, you know, they have they have trajectories in mind for these for he has trajectories in mind for these kids. Like, you know, if this doesn't make you happy, like I'd be more than willing to pair you up with somebody who like, you know, has a diff way different goal than you and see if you like that. Let's let's do that. You know, Mr. Camus, do you want to be a flame wielding like sorcerer wizard? No, that sounds awful. No, that sounds awful. I don't want that right now, but I might later. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) And there's a lot of misleading information on that. There's a lot of, like, action figures of, like, Conjure on his desk and stuff. And, like, posters of, like, someone summoning meteors and, like, shooting glaciers out of their hand. Like, is this what you really want? Like, God, no. I just think it's cool. I just think it's neat. I like the art. I used to know the artist. Is that true? No one knows. (laughs) Is that that true? Yes, it is. And and yes, it is. And they gave me this piece of, oh, my God, the painting disappeared. (laughs) I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap on Dr. Dr. Burke, uh, Mr. Burke Camus, guidance counselor extraordinaire to the Wizards of Fantasy. Thank you. Thank you, Joss. Thank you, Hex Chosen, for your prompt. Yup. Uh, it was wonderful. We had a great time making this character. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you to Fen Slattery for 137 questions, a resource for the rest of us. You can find that on itch.io. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to submit a prompt for us, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Why don't you tell them this time, Aaron? You oh, see how Jesus. I turn the tables? Yeah, no, I can try to remember. Uh, you, I try to, I have it so memorized in my head. Uh, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can post them in our Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord. Actually, I don't know that address. This is literally just for me. No, you're right. But it's for just, I only know it from me hearing you say it 142 (laughs) times. Um, Or you can email to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Congratulations. I'm happy for you. Nice. If you really like what Jeff is, if you really liked Jeff's powerful magic and tabletop tips you're gonna love his other show this is a lot like i don't know <laughs> it's great uh, party of one is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences every week i sit down with a friend we play a two-player tabletop role-playing game we share some laughs maybe a few tears and we have a really good time new episodes drop every tuesday at party of one podcast.com now Shibu- Uh, If you like what Aaron brings to the table, if you like the sense of joy and wonder that he brings to the world of role-playing, you should check out Aaron's other podcast. Aaron, why don't you tell us about your other podcast? Oh my god, you're right. I am on an actual play podcast where we play Fate Accelerated and it's an all-ages adventure. It's called uh, Courier's Call. It's Skyjack's Courier's Call, where it's a spinoff from the famous one-shot podcast network show Skyjack's. And we play 14-year-old kids on a quest for adventure delivering the mail. If you have youngins or if you like lighthearted stuff without swearing or adult content, you're really going to fuck with this show. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it fucking shreds. Yeah, this show about 14-year-old fucking if you, shreds. If you, really, if you really love, you know, wholesome all-ages adventures about 14-year-olds and not swear-laden stories about 45-year-old guidance counselors... <laughs> 
No, but it really is a lovely show, especially if you have kids or you have like siblings or just no younger people. It's a great way. I think it really is a great way for them to introduce to the hobby. It's super narrative heavy and barely like it's very game mechanics light. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, a good way to introduce noobs and kids to a way of playing tabletop games that's like, you know, developing narratives with friends. So I, listen right. to Couriers Call Skyjacks. I think it's great. I think it's a wonderful show. I think people should check it out. Um, All My Fancy Children is part of the One Shot Podcast Network, oh. uh, home to shows such as Skyjacks and Couriers Call. Uh, you can find more information about all of those wonderful shows as well as many, many more at OneShotPodcast.com. Who is this guy? He's a stud. <laughs> uh, verbal hug this week. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, find find joy in everyday things. It, it's something I'm trying to be better at during my downtime, we'll call it, you know. Um, my void period is uh, I'm trying to find joy in everyday things. I'm trying to be better about identifying birds. Um, I'm trying to be learn a little bit more about, like, weather and fun things like that. And trying to, like, appreciate things like the smell of fresh air on the wind in the morning. And trying to, like, hold on to it just a little tighter because it's very nice and it makes mm-hmm. me feel good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a cue from our good friend, Dr. Dr. Burt Camus. I'm just giving him a doctorate. He, I feel like he worked hard. <laughs> he worked hard. Um, he earned it. Jeff, he earned um, it. I'm going to take a cue and say like, look, you know, there, you know, none of us really feel like we belong and we know what we're doing. I think like, I think it's easy to look at someone from the outside and think they've got it figured out. But as someone that a lot of people talk about as though he's figured it out, I am personally here to tell you that I have no idea what I'm doing. And I, I'm trying to find that sense of belonging every single day. And frankly, I ask a lot of the same questions that we talked about earlier. And I think all of those things are okay. Like none of us really ever know where we're going, what we're doing, where we belong or what we're meant to be doing. And frankly, that's not only okay. That to me is part of what makes the world amazing right like that's why jeff stormer is happy to be alive is because i don't know where i'm supposed to be and i i'm still on the journey of figuring that out and so like if 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 you're feeling that way i i want to emphasize like you're so far from you're so far from alone and like we're all there we've all been there at some point and the truth is like wherever you are happy right now like you know that's pretty much the closest you're going to get to where you belong because that's that's really what we're all after is where we're happy right now. I mean, that answer might change a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. But, like, if you're happy right now, if you're doing something that brings you joy at this moment, like, that is so special and precious and take that and savor it because you're, like, you know, those questions never go away, but at least you have a place where you're happy and you feel comfortable. Yes. Damn, that was good. It, was good. it made Thank me think you. of how I really used to enjoy making phrase, phrase, uh, friendship bracelets, and now I would never in a fucking million years want to do it, but I appreciate the point in my life where I found joy in that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I I, I genuinely used to love, like, drawing, like, just, like, drawing stuff. Yes. I knew, like, I wasn't, like, I knew at the time I wasn't good at it, but, like, it brought me joy. Now I don't really like i just don't feel that impulse and i'm fine with that like it just doesn't it's just not like i don't ever feel that impulse of like i'm gonna pick up a pen and paper and draw something but that's partially just because like it just doesn't bring me the same joy but that period of your life still brings you joy that's that's the the best part of it 
I can look at those drawings and even though I know that they are not technically skilled, I can go, I really enjoyed making this. Like I enjoyed building this thing. And like that to me is special. Yes, like the, I've so I just, just to keep harping on it. Like there, there is a person who has told me like, oh yeah, I used to listen to your show. It made me really happy. Like during a dark time, I haven't caught up in like a hundred episodes, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm like, like yeah. just because Thank it's, you. it's it, you know you have a special place, and that's all that matters to me is that we brought you know there there yeah. was joy at some point, you know. Oh, yeah. So find that I feel, kind of stuff. I feel the same way about Party of One. I've had people be like, oh my god, I, that episode you did is one of my favorite things ever. And I'm like, cool, cool. What else have you listened to? Or I don't say that, but then they'll be like, that's the only one I've heard, but like, I really like that. And I'm like, good. Then, then I've, then I've done my job. Like, I, I, then, 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 then we're good. God damn right. And it right. makes me happy. Good. And I think that's a wrap. That I think is a that's wrap. That's pretty much all we do on this show. It is. <laughs> so until next time, good, good night, night and, and good, good game. game. everyone it's senior wizard aaron here um so instead of an audio drama this week i have a lot of stuff in like 10 notebooks of mine that i've been scribbling down and notes and ideas and audio drama ideas and i figured i'm gonna share them sometimes when uh the time is right and right now actually i was looking this is from uh february 2018 right after the gen astral episode and right after the mora alloy episode that i wrote and i want to share it with you because i think it's really fun and it's kind of crazy that it fits in So it's called, I wrote, The Magic Academy. There is an entire library in some school, locked away, kept out of the hands of apprentices, where the shelves are packed with comics. Hundreds of real-deal stories just waiting for visitors. These tomes have been tracked down by the library's curator. Within each tome contains a powerful force that is, if ever released, would be disastrous. Mora Alloy, just as the presence was about to consume her completely— bound their collective essence to the collection of comics, trapping themselves and the presence within them. If you remember the presence from this episode, it was like our first kind of introduction to testing the water with demons. When in this library, it is not uncommon to hear the voice of someone calling for you to enter the story and set them free, but it is unknown whose voice it is, Mora or the presence. But that was before. This library now lives as a training ground for students, a place for them to experience an adventure while still safe inside the walls of the academy. Late one night, a young cadet awakens to the sound of a voice. Do you wish to fly? The voice asked. She did not answer. Do you wish to fly? The voice asked again. It sounded distant, far off, so she rose from her bed and wandered the dark academy halls until she found the source of the voice, the library. She pushed open the large, heavy doors and stared into the darkness. Do you wish to fly? The cadet did not reply. She entered the library and found a real-deal comic lying on the ground. The voice rang out from the book. If the child truly wishes to fly, she must first learn to spread her wings. She ran her hand over the cover of the comic book. A wolf, a dragon, a bird... The art showed thousands of beautiful and majestic creatures, all staring right into her eyes. Do you wish to fly? The cadet answered back, more than anything. Doubt, hesitation, fear, these bind your wings. You wish to fly, yet you cling to what holds you back. 
Her trembling hand reached to open the comic book. That's it. Learn to fly. A hoofed hand clapped on her shoulder. Oh, I see someone's in the library after hours. That's a big no-no. If you want to train, you know the proper protocols. Well, you know what, Conjure? I think I have the perfect mentor just for you. You know what? Put that old comic book down. Step into my office. By the way, have you seen this flower before? Neither have I. It disappeared. (laughs) Come on, let's talk.